Sports Talk with Craig and John brought to you by Plastic Surgery Associates. Over 36 years of serving the region. For face, body, and skin, go to Plastic Surgery Associates of SD.com. Play action. And Manning's going to heave one. Is, oh, there's a flag. Back from catch a one-handed that? catch. How in the oh, world? Oh, my goodness. And Brandon Carr was back there. I mean, he is... Insane. How do you make that catch? Oh, my goodness. This is sick. Put this to music. I don't think he stepped out either. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen. number 39. Oh, Chris Collinsworth. Wouldn't you love to hear Chris Collinsworth explode like that with Odell Beckham Jr. in purple? I would. This sounds fun. What about you, Craig? I had to think about it for a couple of minutes, and uh, in my overall, I would, I would, yeah, I would okay. take it. Okay. I would, I would do it. I wouldn't maybe be very happy about it. I would wait for the first time he would explode, but for the most part, it, yeah. it would set some waves in the uh, NFC North. It's a chance you got to take, and it feels like you're trading a diva wide receiver for a diva wide receiver. You are uh, when Diggs is gone in a trade, and Odell Beckham Jr. Via Mark Malusis, radio show host, WFAN, in New York City, just before 10 o'clock Central Time today with that tweet. Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings at KFAN Radio in the Twin Cities, over an hour later, said, according to his Viking source, that report was false. Uh, and then Cleveland Plain Dealers, Mary Kay Cabot, veteran Browns writer, contacted a Viking source of hers who said it was false. But, hey, nobody lies more than NFL executives right around draft time. So what what do we all make of it? Well, we led the show with what Craig and I make of it. Let's hear what a Vikings beat writer and sports talk host at Score North, Purple Daily in the Twin Cities, thinks of it. Matthew Collar joins us on the tires. Tires, tires, fan line. And you just told me before we went on, what a gift, what a gift from the sports talk gods. That's a whole show. So I, you don't have time to do your whole show for us, but uh, you know, what are your initial, what are your initial reactions to all of this? Well, I'm always interested in what the response from people with the team is. And as fast as they got out that it's supposedly false or fake news, uh, makes me think that. Like Stefan Diggs once told us, there are truth to all rumors, right? Nice. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not saying that the Vikings uh, trading for Odell Beckham Jr. is imminent, but it doesn't come out of thin air from somebody who's credible, who's been around for a long time, and also gets nothing out of it by reporting that he's heard something about the Vikings and Odell Beckham. I mean, the reporter who put it out there isn't even from a market where they'd be talking about it a whole lot like we would or like Cleveland would if there was a trade between those two teams. So I tend to think that there is reason to believe that Beckham is on the trade block and that the Vikings would look into it. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but anytime any player ends up on the trade block, there's a Zoom call or there's a phone call or a meeting or something within a team where they talk about whether you'd want to do it. I mean, that's how Stephon Diggs got traded to Buffalo is that he put out a tweet and the Bills saw it 
and they called the Vikings and said, wait, are you guys actually going to trade Stephon Diggs? And then it happened, right? So, uh, you know, I, I think that there would be reason to have a discussion about it. I wouldn't put the odds of it happening as very likely. But when you trade away a number one wide receiver and then another one comes available on the market, uh, there's certainly going to be that natural connection there. Right. And and Melusa said on your station, on Score North Airwaves up at the Twin Cities earlier today, that his sense is the Vikings are the only team he's aware of that have chatted with the Browns about OBJ. I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't feel as if there were any waves coming from Cleveland that OBJ wanted to trade or that the Browns wanted to trade him, which gives me the feeling that if that's true, that maybe it was Spielman that initiated this. But what do you make of all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's very possible that Odell Beckham would want to be somewhere else because Cleveland is just not one of those markets where you can truly uh, maximize your brand and shine. And, and you know, this is I've said this many times about Stefan Diggs is that there are shades to being a diva. There's the Stefan Diggs version where, you know, he really didn't make a whole heck of a lot of noise outside of missing practices and making cryptic tweets. And then there's somebody who constantly needs to be uh, in the center of attention and in the limelight, like Odell Beckham, who has a lot of friends influencing everything he does and, and people around him that you worry about. Um, him being a constant distraction, right? And what he did at the national championship game with LSU was trying to make that whole thing about him somehow, and it was uh, really concerning. <laughs> like uh, that's what he does everywhere he goes, and uh, so you know, it, it, I, I'm sure that that act runs pretty thin, no matter where you are. If we're talking about a trade rumor for a guy who was just traded to his new organization, that tells you a little bit about how it was going. And remember. Some audio last year was picked up of Odell Beckham asking other teams' players to get him out of Cleveland. So, I mean, this you know this wouldn't shock me whatsoever if Cleveland took the phone call uh, from somebody, uh, including the Vikings, who have to be looking for every possible way to add more receiving talent after moving Stephon Diggs. Uh, so, it wouldn't shock me at all if they were interested, especially since the first impression from Odell to his new coach Kevin Stefanski was. Uh, LSU, uh, you know, locker room, and he's smacking a police officer on the backside on video. I mean, that's just not something that you really want to deal with if you're a new coach, I'm sure. Matthew Collar, Score North in the Twin Cities, joining us, Sports Talk with Craig and John on uh, Fox 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. That wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Stefanski had called up Rick Spielman and just said, hey, what do you think? Would a number two and then a fifth rounder the following year, is that, is that kind of cheap for Odell Beckham? It is, considering his track record. But there's also, the red flags aren't just his personality. I mean, when we were talking about even Antonio Brown last year, before all the stuff came flooding in about Antonio Brown's problems, but like when he was traded to the Raiders, it was mostly, you know, this guy's talent is still top-notch, and he's still one of the elite receivers in the league. I'm not sure if that's even the case with Odell Beckham. Uh, there are NFL players that I've been around who are 27 years old and it feels like their career is just starting, like Anthony Harris, for example. I think he's 27 or 28, but that guy's got another seven or eight years in him. And then there are guys who are 27, and it's an old 27. It's, you came into the league as a first-round pick. You've had injuries. You've had a lot of stress and a lot of things that you've gone through, and that's kind of how it feels a little bit 
with Odell Beckham, and so what kind of performer he could even be uh, if he is still an elite wide receiver. He hasn't really shown it, um, especially last year, and he was playing with an injury, but that's part of it, right, is that these, these injuries start to pile up, and there are a lot of receivers who have a great three or four years of their career, and that's just about it, and that might be the case with Odell Beckham. So from, from that perspective, you know, the, the price can't be a first-round pick. If you're the Vikings, you wouldn't even consider that. You would have to be considering other other later picks and probably not from this draft because you have to rebuild your mm. entire defense, essentially. So, yeah, I mean, that price made sense to me because I don't think he's anywhere near as valuable of a commodity as he was maybe a year or two ago. Matthew Collar, Score North Radio, scorenorth.com up in the Twin Cities, covers the Vikings. Craig and John here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. He was the first receiver in NHL history, uh, fastest player in NHL history, to record 200 career receptions and 4,000 career receiving yards, but that was by 2016. Only played two games in 2017 with the Browns back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, and you consider the quarterback mediocre. You consider the coach already fired. Uh, So, I mean... When you put him, if you put him in Minnesota for what you'd believe is the fair price of a second and fifth round pick, how do you think that would go and how differently do you think that would go uh, compared to the, the Vikings with Stephon Diggs? What would you see happening and would you see it being worth it? Yeah, I mean, he does have a level at his best of explosiveness and deep playability that is special. That's when he's at 100% and playing like the old Odell Beckham. But as you mentioned, it hasn't really happened in a couple of years. So, But let's even assume that it's some percentage of, of that uh, player. You would still wonder, are we going to run into the same problems as we ran into with Stephon Diggs of wanting the offense to go through him and not through Delvin Cook? I mean, Mike Zimmer has had a, a number of reclamation projects along the way, um, but usually they come on defense. They're guys like Pac-Man Jones or Vontaze Perfect that he had in Cincinnati or Sheldon Richardson here. Uh, maybe you could call Delvin Cook that, but he was a rookie, so this is a little bit different. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, last year they had their top two wide receivers for a lot of games and still did not always have the most explosive offense out there and still wanted their offense to be run through Delvin Cook. So why would that be different because you trade for Odell Beckham? And, you know, Gary Kubiak's offenses, they love to mix in multiple tight ends and fullbacks and things like that. So, I mean, what does that mean if they were to trade for Odell Beckham for even Adam Thielen or Irv Smith or or Kyle Rudolph? I don't know. I mean, I I think it is a little bit of a hard fit. Um, You always want to stack talent, but when you consider the price, giving away assets, what you have to pay in salary cap, the fact that he might in the future – want a contract extension if he has one good year. I mean, it's it's one of those where there's a lot of hurdles to make it work. Last one for me there, Matthew. Week from tomorrow, NFL draft. What do you, what do you think the Vikings are going to do with those two first-round draft picks? Well, the options are numerous. <laughs> I mean, they have so many needs still that you could go a million different directions. But assuming they don't trade for... Odell Beckham, you know, I, I think wide receiver is on the table in the first round. It is a deep draft of wide receivers, so they could wait. But if I'm putting my money down, I think cornerback is a virtual lock in the first round. And then, you know what I'd like to see them do, and I think is the smart money play, is to trade back and try to pick up more draft assets because it is such a deep draft in the 20 through 40 range that you could probably get a similar level of prospect, and you hope that another team gets really excited and wants to trade up for 
you know, if Jordan Love drops or something like that, and you can move back and pick up more draft picks. But a corner is right at the top of the list, and I think offensive tackle should be too. Uh, you still have Riley Reef uh, on the roster, but the long-term prospects for Riley Reef are pretty questionable. And if they don't improve the offensive line at some point in the Kirk Cousins era, we're always going to look back and go, yeah, you know, he was, he was pretty good, but you know, wonder if they protected him a little better if you know, he wouldn't have even performed at a higher level. So I, I think those two things absolutely have to happen, and then we'll see with the rest. Considering we all agree it's probably likelier that this OBJ trade doesn't happen, and you're saying quarterback and OT should be the first two picks, then where do they go for wide receiver? And who, do you have one in mind? Yeah, no, I mean, there's a few that I would have in mind. I mean, if you look at recent drafts, even as recent as last year, you have Terry McLaurin was a third, DK Metcalf was a second, Debo Samuel was a second. Like, that's a lot of talent in, in those ranges, and you can find a lot of that in the last even five years in the second and third round range. So I think that there, uh, there's a guy like from TCU, Jalen Rager, who's a pretty interesting wide receiver, really explosive, was great at the combine. And there's always somebody that drops and surprises us, like DK Metcalf last year. Everyone thought he'd be a first-round pick, and he dropped and dropped and dropped, and then goes into the NFL and performs pretty well. There's another guy from USC, Michael Pittman. Uh, you know, I think that he is a really interesting player, uh, produced at a very high level, and is uh, supposed to be a high intelligence player and like a route technician and those things that sound like they might be attractive to Gary Kubiak. So there are, yeah, there are a number of players, and you know that there's going to be one that just mysteriously drops, and it's just because things don't match up and the draft is, is random. So uh, there are going to be a lot of options, I think, in the second and third for them to go wide receiver. It would not stun me if they drafted someone like Denzel Mims or Justin Jefferson in the first round. It's just that you know, I think that the offensive tackles, there are a number of really good ones at the top, and then after those guys are taken, it gets much more questionable after that. So it might make more sense to take someone like Houston's Josh Jones uh, with one of those first two picks. And the same goes for corner, where there's a number of good guys at the very top, and then there's a pretty severe drop-off. So you should get one of those guys in the first round. And then real quickly to finish, and that, that wide receiver option, whether it be, I don't care where it is, first, second, third round, would be that the gap between the ability of that receiver as a rookie in the NFL and learning the Vikings offense for the first time, the gap between that and Odell Beckham Jr. wouldn't be big enough to where OBJ would make that much of a difference that the Vikings would need him to win enough games to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, you hope not. I mean, it could be Troy Williamson or Laquan Treadwell, so yeah. you never know with the draft. But you also never know if Odell Beckham is going to just, you know, mysteriously leave your team or become some sort of, <laughs> you know, like some sort of huge distraction or something. Um, but the big difference between those two is would you rather take the risk in a really good wide receiver draft for someone who comes cheap or spend a lot of cap space on Odell Beckham? I would rather take my chances with Denzel Mims or somebody like that um, and, and know that even if I mess up on that, it's not going to cost me a whole lot in terms of the salary cap, whereas if the Odell Beckham thing goes sideways, you have put yourself in a pretty darn tough position, at least for next year with the cap. Well, Craig, for the Vikings' win-losses sake, I think Collar has changed my mind. But for pure optics and storyline, <laughs> OBJ, OBJ. It would be very, very fun. I'm not <laughs> saying that. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew, for your time, as always. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matthew. Yep.
Thanks, uh, follow him at well, follow him at Matthew Collar, C O L L E R, and online scorenorth.com. Our weekly tea time with Mick Gary moved back a little bit because of this, but that's cool. We'll get Mick's thoughts on the future of the Summit League and college athletics. He's only been covering them here in South Dakota for about 30 years. It's Craig and John, Fox Sports 981, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Get the latest local sports news, scores, schedules, and columns from John Gaskins by going to KWSN.com. Also hear the station live and Craig and John segments on demand at KWSN.com.